What about the uh, how to have victory continuously in our daily life? Now, I say that because I know there are many, many people today who know they're Christians, know they've accepted the Lord, but there are areas in their life that continuously bring them defeat. And just about the time they think they've made it, they slip and fall. And just about the time they're to the top of the hill, they hit a loose stone and slide down the bottom again. And the devil says, see, you call yourself a Christian. You just aren't even worthy of being a Christian. What's the matter with you? You failed again. He says you're a failure. He doesn't say you failed again. He says you're a failure. There's a vast difference between the two. And so I want to talk to you tonight about practicing the presence of God in your life. Practicing the presence of God in your life. When I, when I read in Genesis, the fifth chapter concerning Enoch, it's an interesting thing. There are a lot of people who think that they're too busy with their families to be able to walk with God. They've got too many family problems. But you know, the scripture tells me that Enoch, first of all, had this big family, had a lot of children, and then he had grandchildren. And I'm sure he had great-grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren, and he, he had a responsible position. But the scripture tells me an exciting thing, that Enoch walked with God. And then down a few more verses again, it says, Enoch walked with God and was not, for the Lord took him. Now, let me just share something. The first thing that the Lord has spoken to me about today, I don't believe that God put on a pair of legs and feet and a robe and came down and walked down the road alongside of Enoch. I don't think that's what it's saying at all. What I think that it's actually saying is that Enoch learned the secret of practicing the presence of the Lord every moment. Practicing the presence. You say, what do you mean, Brother Webb? The scripture says in, in the book of Isaiah 26, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose imagination is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Now what does it mean? It, it does that word mind, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. The Hebrew word, uh, translation of that is whose imagination is stayed on thee. What does that mean? Have you ever seen children imagining? We used to stand in the kitchen with the windows open and we could hear the screens on the windows in Minnesota. You couldn't exist without screens in Minnesota. Land of 10,000 lakes and 400,000 swamps and 60 billion mosquitoes. But our children would spray them down with off from head to foot and let them go outside and play in the sand pile. And those children would imagine that they had a friend sitting right there and they would talk to that friend. They would set a, Jody would set her doll on the side of the, uh, uh, of the, the tire in the sand pile. And she would talk to that doll and tell that doll what the doll what was they were doing and to help her and all the just imagining all the time and that was just her bestest little friend. Jeffrey used to sit out there and talk to all of his friends sitting around with him on that tractor. Now to them they were there. Now I know all of you have grown up and you don't do that anymore. You don't talk to yourself and you don't talk out loud or anything, do you? I've come around so many times and caught people talking to themselves and. And they get really embarrassed. And I, I don't think they need to really. It's like I told my wife one time when I was in the study. She asked me who I was talking to. And I was talking out loud. I was actually trying to rehearse some, the way I was going to say some things in a message. And, and I, she said, were you talking to yourself? I said, certainly. I like to talk to someone who understands what I'm talking about. And, and uh, I like to answer someone who knows enough to be able to comprehend what I've been saying. But, but you know, I think that what Enoch learned here was to conscientiously, moment by moment, say, 
Lord, I just thank you that you're right here with me right now. Lord, you never leave me. That's what he said in Hebrews. Hebrews, the uh, 13th chapter and the 5th verse. Will you look at it? Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will, what? Never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Now let me ask you something. If Enoch walked with God and Jesus said he would never leave us and never forsake us, if we recognize the Lord's presence with us everywhere we go, is that being a fictional thing? It's fictional when we say the Lord is not with us. And I've had a lot of Christians say, well, God must have just forsaken me. I, I really don't think the Lord hears my prayers anymore. You know what you're actually saying? You're saying is God is a liar. Because he said, I, that, that I like it. I wrote it down at the bottom of my page here, what it actually says in the Greek I will not, I will not, I will not let you down. I will not, I will not let you go. And whenever in the Greek you find it repeated two or three times, it's for emphasis. It's for emphasis. When different prophecies are made over different ones at times, I notice that when God is trying to really put something down and say verily, verily, he'll have them say it three times. Of course, the one I remember is he says, the double blessings are here now, the double blessings are here now, the double blessings are here now, saith the Lord God. I said, okay, okay, <laughs> I hear you. And the book of Hebrews says that this is a secret for God's people. It says to be, watch your conversation and be content with such things as you have. Don't grumble, don't gripe, don't murmur like they did in the Old Testament. Because he has said unto you, this is the basis for you being able not to gripe or grumble and to watch your conversation so you don't let bitterness come out of your mouth. He says, because he's promised he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now that ought to be a confidence, that ought to be an assurance for us that will make us to stand in every stormy situation. Practicing the presence of the Lord. When you go to school in the morning, if you don't like that particular professor, or if you don't like some of the young people that are there, you can say, Lord, I'm going to school today, but I'm just so thankful that you're riding right here with me. And as I walk up the walk to the school, Lord, I thank you that your presence is right here with you. You're in me right now, and you want to manifest yourself out through me. So let me get in the background, and as I come up to people that I don't especially like, I want you to let your life shine through me. And when I talk to them, I want you to say through my mouth what you want to say through my mouth. Now, let me just stop and tell you something. I've been in deliverance enough to know that the demons take every chance they can to speak out of people's mouths when they're in them, in people. I've seen hatred, I've seen anger, I've seen rebellion, I've seen bitterness, I've seen doubt, I've seen unbelief. I've heard them speak right out of people's mouth. I've had false doctrines speak right out of people's mouths, memorizing scripture and speaking them when I'd speak to the person later and say, I don't know that scripture. And I thought, if that's what demonic spirits can do in a person, why can't we let the Holy Spirit do that? Holy Spirit, take control of my vocal cords, take control of my, of my mind and my heart. Take complete, I just give you complete control today, and, and I just recognize your presence. You're right here with me right now. If there are times when you're fearful, just recognize the Lord's presence. This is what Enoch did. He walked with God, and finally it was just such a close relationship, the Lord says, hey, why don't you come on home, Enoch? You know, he just slipped right into the Lord's presence up there because he became so consciously aware that everywhere he went, when he put his foot down, the Lord was right there with him. He just walked with God. He, he talked with God. He just recognized God's presence continuously. That has really spoken to me. Where do you have trouble in your Christian walk? 
Where do you find defeat? Is it when you're alone somewhere? When you're gone out of town somewhere? When you're at work? When you're home all alone and that old TV wants to come on and the soap operas want to come on? Is that when you find defeat? Begin to talk to the Lord and about His presence. And you Lord, I just thank you that you're here and I'm not alone. Lord, what would you rather do? Would you rather have me turn on soap operas or would you rather have me go over here and turn on some Christian records and Christian music and let me just sing to you? And let me just worship and praise you? Because, Lord, you're in my presence. And, and, and you know, Lord, when the angels come into your presence, they begin to sing, Holy, 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 holy is the Lord God of hosts. Worthy is the Lamb. They just sing, Lord, would you like to have me sing to you? Lord, I don't have a very pretty voice, but if you'll let me sing to you, I'm just going to sing because you're right here, and I'm just going to sing to you while you're here, Lord. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to your husband. Well, then he must be there, isn't he? When you sing, the Lord says, I'm there, I hear you. When you pray, I'm there, I hear you. It was so interesting to me that when the prophecy was made, or one of the prophecies was made over Beverly, the Lord said, faithful, 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 faithful. Always praying, always praying, always praying. You just hung in there. And then he said after, he said, now you've, you've prayed so much, you've been faithful. He said, now I'm going to let you go to the mountains for a while. We thought, what in the world did that mean? And a few months later, the Lord opened the door for us the first time in all of our life to be able to go away by ourselves, and we drove up in the mountains for about three or four days. And we said, praise the Lord, that was, that was prophecy. But, but the Lord had seen that faithful, 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 faithful. And, and I, I say this because it, it impresses me many, many times. I'll awaken maybe in the middle of the night, and there's enough light in our bedroom coming in from outside, or in the early in the morning. Or I'll walk into a room and she won't hear me coming and I'll look at her and her lips will be moving. I can tell she's praying in the Spirit. Be lying in bed, she's praying in the Spirit, talking to the Lord. Now, practicing the presence of the Lord, especially in the areas where you have defeat. If you have a time when you normally would get angry in situations, just stop and say, Lord, I just so, I'm so thankful that you're right here right now. Now, Lord, I want you to take over this situation. I'm going to stand behind you. And, and you just take over this situation and you let the words and the thoughts come out of my mouth that you want to have spoken now. I'm just so thankful you're here to take this situation, Lord. You know how that person aggravates me. Now I'm going to stand back and I'm going to let you love them through me. And I will not let one word come out of my mouth but what I know that is coming directly from you. What do you think that's going to begin to do? I'll tell you, it'll sanctify our lives. In our business dealings, Lord, here comes another customer through the door. Lord, let me do unto them as you'd had, I'd have them to do unto me. You see? You speak through me to these people. Lord, I know they may want to buy something, but if there's a spirit need, spiritual need, let me minister to that too. Lord, when I'm doing this work today, I want to do it in such a way that Jesus will be exalted. And when they come to me and they say, that, boy, you're just doing a fantastic job, I don't... You just do something differently than anyone else around and say, well, thank the, I, I thank the Lord that, that you see that because I've asked the Lord to help me to be what I'm supposed to be. And I, I think, Tracy, this is another thing. I had a very difficult time as a new Christian when I first started singing because I had never gone out in public or anything. When I first started singing, people come up and say, oh, thank you so much for that ministry of music tonight. And I'd get so embarrassed, I'd want to go away and say, well, I, I don't want to get any glory for this, you know. And I really prayed about it, and the Lord showed me to say, well, if that was a blessing to you, thank the Lord for that blessing. I ask him to give me some gift I can minister with, and if that was a blessing to you, then you thank the Lord for it because he gave it to me. 
And that relieved me tremendously because I had a terrible time being able to say, and it, it, when I, if you run a good race and someone comes and says, Tracy, you are terrific. I say, well, I'll tell you one thing. I thank the Lord. I asked him for strength today and he gave it to me and I'm thankful that he gave me that strength. Now what happens? Ricochets right off to him, say. And uh, you don't sound like some spiritual dude, you know, you're up in the ethereal realms, but I really did ask the Lord for strength and I'm thankful that he gave me the strength to do it. That way, if you didn't win, I asked the Lord for strength today, and I thank the Lord. He gave me the strength, but it just, he just evidently didn't want me to win today. And that other person must have needed this, and I thank the Lord for that. Practicing the presence of the Lord. Jeremiah, here's some verses that you can write down concerning the presence of the Lord that I've been studying lately. Jeremiah 23, 23. Jeremiah 23, 23. Let me read it to you. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not, excuse me, yes, am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I fill the heavens and the earth, saith the Lord. Did you hear that? I'm not afar off. I'm close. And he said, how are you going to get away from me? I'm everywhere. Then in Psalm 94, 9. Psalm 94, 9. You ever think you're getting away with something? A lot of times we think, well, nobody sees. 94.9. He that planteth the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the eye, shall he not see? Is there anything God doesn't see? Is there anything God doesn't hear? What does he say is going to happen in the last days when we... When men go out of this life, how are they going to be judged? For every idle word, every idle deed. You mean God knows them all? God knows them all. We're going to be judged accordingly. The secrets of men's hearts are going to be revealed. I, I'll never forget a message I heard years ago as a new Christian that in that day of, of the judgment seat, Unconfessed sin is going to be thrown across a big panoramic screen in front of everybody there. And I thought, ugh. said, nothing shall be hidden, but everything shall be made apparent. It's going to be brought right out. You think you've hidden something? God's going to say, there it is. You didn't confess that. That's got to burn. That's the unconfessed. That's the wood, hay, and stubble. Let me tell you, if that can't put the fear of God in our hearts, we tend to forget that. Psalm 139. We're talking about practicing the presence of the Lord. I just want you to see that whether we practice it or not, He's there. But if we practice it, then that becomes a joy to us rather than a fear and a dread. Psalm 139, verses 3. Thou compassest my path 
and my lying down and art acquainted with all my... Well, excuse me, let me start right at the beginning. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. In other words, my weaknesses and my strength. Thou understandest my thought afar off. He knows your future thoughts before you ever think them. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there's not a word in my tongue, not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike. To thee, for thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. You know, sometime years ago, and of course it's been much more advanced since then, but way back in the 60s, Beverly and I were down in West Palm Beach one night after a concert. We walked out onto the beach, and there was a man standing out there with some binoculars, dark at night, and he was watching the water. I walked by, I said, uh, I'll bet that's really interesting. <laughs> looking out there with binoculars at night because it was just like midnight out on the water, you know, black. He said, well, he said, uh, I'll be able to see anything I have to see. I said, oh, really? We got to talking to him. At that particular time, the government was having trouble with Cuba letting people off of boats, submarines, or uh, not submarines, but boats offshore, and they would swim with scuba diving equipment to the shore and cast off their equipment and walk out on the shore and come into this nation. And he said that they were having to, they, to watch the shoreline. And he said, uh, you probably haven't seen any binoculars like these before. And he handed them to me, and I looked out over the water, and it's just like daylight. Of course, now they've got weapons that can just see right through the darkness, just like, like daylight. And I thought, wow. Can you imagine some guy over there thinking he's committing a crime that he doesn't think anybody can see? And here a guy can stand with these binoculars and watch it just like it's daylight? But if that's so, God said, remember, practice my presence and know that even in the darkest moment, I'm there. In the darkest hour, I'm right there with you. All right? Just quickly, another verse. Hagar, when, when Sarah began to really come down on Hagar, she fled from her mistress, and God spoke to her out at, by a spring and, or a well and uh, said, go back to Sarah now. See, she was going to have her son, and uh, you remember Isaac and, uh, of the Jews, and Hagar's son was who? Ishmael. And she was going to have Ishmael, and Sarah got very jealous of her and started really coming down on her, so she fled away. And God says, now I'm with you, and I know your situation. And in the 13th verse of the 16th chapter, she spoke up and called God, thou God seest me. And he said, now you go back to Sarah. And I thought to myself, you know, up till that time it was unbearable and she had to try to flee from her problem, but when she finally realized that God saw her and where she was, the problem didn't change, the circumstances didn't change, 
But she went back with a new confidence knowing that no matter what Sarah would do to her, that God saw her plight and God would take care of her. And he says, I'll bless Ishmael. I'll make him a great nation. I'll give him 12 sons who will be princes. I'll make him a great nation. But my blessing is going to be with Isaac. My true blessing is going to be with Isaac. Genesis 16, 13. Thou God seest me is what she called him. Proverbs 5, 21. Proverbs 5, 21. For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. Did you do anything today that you hope the Lord didn't see? Did you think anything today that you hope the Lord didn't see? Did you desire anything today that you hope the Lord didn't notice that you desired? Wrong. He saw. Because nothing is hidden from the eyes of the Lord. The psalmist says, he understands my thoughts afar off. Now that's the terrifying part of it, but the blessed part of it is, again, to get up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm yours, and you said you'd never leave me. I am taking your presence with me everywhere I go today. When I walk down the halls, when I'm at work, when I'm at school, when I'm out in the yard, when I'm with my family, wherever, you're with me, and I'm going to talk with you like you're right there. I'm going to share with you. I'm going to just fellowship with you. I'm going to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I'm going to rejoice in you. I'm going to bless your holy name, and I'm going to expect you to keep me alert to the fact and conscious of the fact and practicing the fact of your presence in my life every moment. Let me tell you something. I have never yet seen any person in a car, look in the rearview window, mirror I mean, and see a black and white or whatever color they are, car, cop car, and trounce down on that foot feet and go 95 miles an hour. Now I know of a lot of people who've looked in the rearview mirror and when they didn't see them, tromp down on that thing and go up to 95 miles an hour. In fact, it's interesting, just tonight's paper, they said that up here between, uh, <coughs> alongside of the big lake coming down I-4, an airplane was circling yesterday and they handed out 30 or 40 some tickets and they, the, air pi the pilot said if I would have had five more patrolmen he said I could have kept them all busy. Everybody was speeding yesterday on I-4. And I thought but I'll bet if somebody there before they got to the lake had stuck up a little sign and said hey dudes watch it there is a flying bee up above stinging everybody you can get that no one would have gone above 55. Now why? The presence of a person brings conviction. You want to walk a sanctified walk? Practice the presence of the Lord in your life. If he's here and you know it, and if he's with you and you know it, and you recognize his presence and you're talking to him, the devil isn't going to get a chance. You'll find the next time you look at someone with the wrong thoughts in your mind, the Lord will remind you, hey, I'm here, why don't you talk to me about that person? Lord, bless that person, minister to that person, save that person. If you've got a word to say to that person, say it through me, Lord, if you want to. And you'll find all of a sudden the enemy hasn't got a chance. Practicing the presence of the Lord. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose imagination is stayed upon me because he trusteth in thee. Do we really trust the Lord? Moment by moment for every situation. Now, you see, this, is, this applies to all the way from little children all the way up to Sister Minshew. I said, Sister Minshew, when you go home tonight, 
I want you to talk to the Lord as you're there in the house. Thank the Lord for the 60 years that you and Frank have had together. Thank the Lord that his will is perfect and his thoughts toward you are continuously good. And thank him that you ha he has got a ministry for you. He's got a purpose and a task for you. He's got an opportunity for you to witness the rest of your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren until he is, your ministry is completed and he can call you home. She says, oh, he can call me home now. I said, well, if his work with you is finished, he will call you home right now. But if he doesn't, get up tomorrow morning and say, Lord, I thank you that your ministry isn't through with me yet. And whatever it is, let me be faithful to do it and I'm going to walk with you today. And I said, while you're in that house, don't you let the devil tell you you're alone for one minute. Frank may not be there, but the Lord has always been there and all you have to do is recognize his presence and he'll become even more real to you. Do you drive along the road thanking the Lord he's with you every moment? When you take care of your babies and your children, your families, your jobs, all, let me tell you, it can begin to be a revival in your heart. Bring a real revival when you just walk in the presence of the Lord moment by moment. And from time to time you'll find yourself singing in the Spirit and praying in the Spirit and, and then talking with your understanding and praying with your understanding and singing with your understanding. But it gets exciting when you begin to see the sanctifying power of the presence of the Lord. Enoch walked with God and he was not for the Lord took him. By the grace of God, that's what I want the Lord to do in my life. To practice his presence every moment. Father, thank you that we can trust your word. You said you never leave us, you never forsake us, you never fail us, but Lord, we fail you so often. And we just want to ask you to forgive us right now and to cleanse us Fill us anew and afresh with the power of the Holy Spirit and a hunger for the things of God. Let us practice your presence in a way like never before. For when others look at us, they'll just say, I can tell that person's been with Jesus. I know there needs to be those quiet times when we just get quiet before you and talk and pray, but Lord, cause us, our spirits to be quiet before you all the day and all the night because that's where victory and that's where success comes. You said, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Well, today, Lord, we can meditate in your presence, your love, your mercy, your grace. And Father, I thank you that because of your promise, we never need worry about being hypocritical by saying that you're there because your word is absolutely true, even when we can't feel you. We believe you because you said it. Sanctify us by this truth. In Jesus' name we ask it. And for his sake. Amen.